0: in Jesus by being baptized. Another wonderful thing is, I guess because it's my birthday weekend, we get to be together as a family because our son Jonathan here actually lives in Texas, and it's a joy to have him here for this weekend. And what, what, I, um, what I asked him to do today, because um, before he went to Texas, he was very much involved in life in our church, and uh, he would speak from time to time. So it's been a lot of years. Some of you might remember back. Some of you will remember back to times before you've heard him preach. But I said, while you're with us on Celebration Sunday, why don't you preach for us? So it's a great joy to introduce our son Jonathan to you, and he's going to share God's Word with us today. Thank you. I don't know where to put this thing. It's awesome when your dad's your hype man. Um… All right, it's great to be here this morning. So let me ask you a question. How many of you like your name? All right, all right, all right. How many of you wish that your parents perhaps put a little bit more thought into naming you? (laughs) Ladies, married ladies, how many of you were happy to get married so you could get rid of that other last name? Um, How many of you wish that you put more thought into hyphenating? Don't answer that. Um, This morning, I want to talk about names, uh, just for a few minutes. Um, We grew up in a small fishing village in the northeast of Scotland, uh, quite an idyllic place, beaches, beauty. But as a kid, there wasn't a ton of stuff to do. So one of our favorite pastimes was to play a game we called, over there, Cheeky Nelly. I don't know why. Um, Here, I believe, it's called Ding Dong Ditch. And and for those of you that had nice upbringing, here's the premise of the game. You choose a house, you approach the doorbell, you ring it, and then you run away. That's it. Hours of fun, one of my favorite games. And and when we we rang those doorbells, there were different types of homeowner. The first one uh, wouldn't bother, wouldn't come to the door. That was very disappointing. the second type would come out and yell things, sometimes bad words, into the night air and we loved that. We'd hide behind the wall or something and laugh at them. Um, but the third type of, ho- type of hope owner, hope, hope, type of home owner, um, was the kind, they were obviously near the door at the time and they would burst out and we would take off running and they would chase us. Now. Speaking of names, we blackmores are not known for our athletic abilities. Um, some of you might know my son is a, a college football player and he trains and he lifts weights and he loves to do that stuff and he runs and we all think that's weird. Um, but we blackmores are not known for our athletic ability. Um, so a lot of the time, as we ran away, me being the biggest kid in the group, I was often at the back. Um, running as fast as my legs could carry me, but would often hear things like, I see you, Blackmore! I know who you are, I'm telling your father! I don't think they ever did, did they? No, okay, good. Um, Now you know. Um, But that was the Blackmore family name. Uh, Later on in in later life, um, after I graduated from college, I moved back here to the island, and went to uh, the church, as I'd always done, that my dad was a pastor at. But I had this thing where I just wanted to be my own person. I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be me. So I decided I was gonna go to a different church. So I went to a church that was a a decent drive away, and uh, it was great. No one knew me, no one bothered me, and I could just be myself. And I went there for a few weeks, and. made the mistake of filling out a visitor card. And as soon as I did that, I was outed. Uh, people found me, people called me, people wanted to talk about my dad, are you Roger Blackmore's son? And that was the end. The following week, I went back to the other church. Because um, whatever. My dad actually named me. My, my full name is Jonathan Edwards Blackmore. Um, I am named after an 18th century American preacher named Jonathan Edwards. When I was born, my dad went out and bought me a copy of a Jonathan Edwards sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God because they were out of baby books, and uh, yeah, it was a lot to live up to. Apparently when this guy preached this sermon, it was so powerful that the, and he preached by candlelight, that the people in the congregation would hold on to the pillars for fear that the the floor was going to open up and they would fall into hell. Big expectations, strong name, which is why I went to art school and became a designer. Um, But there, there are some great strong names in the Bible, you know, Jonathan being one of them, which means God's gift. Yeah. Ah, uh, Daniel, God is my judge. Joseph means Jehovah will increase. Elizabeth means pledge to God. But God also liked to change names. In Genesis, you'll meet Abraham, who, whose name was changed by God to Abraham, which means exalted father, because God told him that you will be the father of many nations. And then there was Jacob, who, who wrestled with God, after which God gave him the name Israel, which means God's governor. And then there's Simon. Simon was perhaps, and is perhaps, one of my favorite people in the Bible because he was earthy and different, and he often acted before he spoke, like I so often have done. And he probably swore occasionally, but didn't mean to. He had a great heart. Bless him. And. Uh, <laughs> Simon, of course, had his name changed to Peter, which means rock, because upon Simon, the church that we are part of today was built. So many of us, though, um, we change our names throughout our journey, throughout our lives. My father named me, but throughout this journey, there have been times in my life that have been difficult. I've gone through things. I've experienced things. And... I've given myself other names. Names like disappointment. Names like failure. Names like not living up to expectations. Names like no good. In fact, even the US government misnamed me. Hold on, where is it? I oh, hope I didn't lose it. Here it is. So, uh, 30 years ago this month, our family moved to the United States. Um, I, was, I was almost 18 years old and Um, Upon arrival, um, we were given these things, and I had no idea what this was. Um, Apparently, it turned out to be a really important document uh, with a really important number on it, printed on low-grade construction paper. (laughs) Last a lifetime. Last a lifetime. Um, What's wrong with plastic? But here's the thing about my Social Security card, and this has been the case since I got it. I got this 30 years ago. My name is misspelled on it. And I don't know what bearing that has on things I've done throughout my life. Whether you know all my legal documents are null and void now, or, or any of that. But 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 my name is misspelled. This technically is not my name. I wonder how many of you in here, how many of us, have been walking around for 30 years, 20 years, 50 years, 10 years, with names that technically aren't your name. Perhaps it's the name of a husband who left. Perhaps it's the name of a of a parent who who hurt you. Perhaps it isn't a literal name. Perhaps it's a name you've given yourself or you've heard so often throughout your life that you've just kind of adopted it. This is who I am. Perhaps it's a name you give yourself every morning when you get up and brush your teeth and look in the mirror and you think, this is all I am, this is all I'll be. But my message to you this morning is that's technically not your name. Here are some of your names. Ephesians 2.19, so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners, you are citizens along with God's holy people. You are members of God's family. You are accepted. John 1.12 Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God, your family. Ephesians 1.4 For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption, to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, you're chosen. Isaiah 56 4. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial and a name far greater than the sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them will be an everlasting one. It will never disappear. You are valuable. Second Corinthians five seventeen. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You are made new. Ephesians 1, 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to adoption through sonship in Jesus Christ. You are holy and blameless. Colossians 3. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You are holy and you are dearly loved. Ephesians 1 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of the Son and forgave our sins. You are forgiven. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. You guys are purpose-filled. In Psalm 139, oh yes, you shaped me first inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, You're breathtaking body and soul, I am marvelously made, I worship in adoration, what a creation, you are marvelously made. Now, here is the participation part of the day. I want you to take out your phones, and I want all of you to take out your phones, and if the person next to you isn't taking out their phones, say, take out your phone. The man up front said, take out your phone, so take out your phone. I'll wait. And what I want you to do after you've taken out your phone, and I am going to, I did this in the first service, it's weird, I'm going to duck down because I want you to take a photo of that, okay? So is everyone ready with their phones? All right, take a photo of that. All right, oh, are you done? You let me know. Here's why we did that. Because we have to keep this up front. We have to keep this in front of us. We have to keep looking at this. Because the other names will come. And the next time the enemy comes to you, or that friend who you probably should have ditched years ago comes to you, or that voice comes to you, or that situation comes to you, or you look in the mirror and think, I'm no more than those other names. I want you to square up and look that person, that situation, whatever in the eye, and say, I am accepted, I am holy and blameless, I am chosen, I am made you, I am valuable, I am family, I am holy and dearly loved, forgiven, purposeful, marvelously made, through the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for me at Calvary. I am not those things, I have a new name. Another one of my favorite guys, there was, there, there was Peter and, 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 and Moses. He's, he's my other favorite guy in the Bible. Um, as I've, as I've kind of got to know Moses a bit better these past few years, I can identify with a lot of uh, what happened in his life. But basically, Moses carried a lot of names in his life. He was brought into the Eri- Egyptian royal court, uh, and, and Moses became royalty. He then made a poor choice, and Moses became a murderer. He then ran away, and Moses became a runaway. He then wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was lost. And then God came to Moses and asked him to to go and bring the, the Israelites out of slavery, and Moses was afraid. But what Moses did in response to that was to bring a people who for years had carried the name slave and give them the name free. You see, Moses doesn't mean royal, it doesn't mean murderer, it doesn't mean lost, it doesn't mean afraid, it doesn't mean any of those things. The name Moses means to withdraw, to deliver. You see, when God names us, he sees the whole story beginning to end. He sees all of it. The name God has given you is not about where you are now. It's not about where you've been. It's not about where you'll be next month. He looks at you and sees the completed work of Jesus. He gives you a name for eternity. I read a, I read a story recently about a, a young girl in, in India, and she was... Uh, part of the caste system, and she was in a low caste, which meant that her life she would spend as a low caste person. That was it. That's what she was born into. And someone came to her and shared the gospel with her, and she was blown away by the fact that she could actually, being a low caste person, be part of a royal family. And here's a part of what, what this article said. It said, this gospel goes beyond purging our past of its sin. It purges our entire ancestry, our lineage, our extended family of its shame. You are not primarily a part of an earthly family anymore. You've joined a heavenly family. The blood of Jesus marks you as a family for all eternity, You have a new family identity, a new family crest, a new estate, new brothers and sisters, and a new last name. So let me show you something. This is is AT&T Stadium, for those of you that don't know. Um, I live about 20 minutes from this in Texas. Um, This is the home of the Dallas Cowboys, whatever you think of them, yeah. I don't know if anyone in Texas is watching, so I'm just going to say nothing. I live there. Um, but they were good in the 90s, and then that was that. Um, but what, what strikes you as you drive, if you drive up on this stadium, you know, Texas is very flat, and it's kind of, you drive through neighborhoods, and all of a sudden, this, it's like a spaceship has landed. This huge thing sits in the middle of this flat landscape. And it kind of uh, rises up from there. It looks like something futuristic. But the second thing that always strikes me is the size of the words on top of that stadium. They are massive. I mean, that is a massive structure. And then I think, how much did AT&T pay for the naming rights of that stadium? I hate to think. You see with a scoffing name nailed to the instrument of his torture and death right there above his head. Jesus gave himself and ultimately died, and in doing so, earned the option, bought the naming rights to our lives and the lives of all humanity, now everyone who will ever live in that single moment. He died so that we wouldn't have to have those names. So we wouldn't have to look at ourselves in the mirror every morning and hear those names. So that the names you see behind me there are the names that are applied to our lives through Jesus' sacrifice. And I wonder this morning, if you're sitting here, and perhaps if you're watching online, you realize that you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't have to live under those names. Jesus did it. It's done. He owns the naming rights. And all you have to do is say yes. Say yes to the naming rights. Say yes to that option. And if that's you this morning, I wonder if you would pray with me. And pray this unbelievably simple prayer. And just say, Jesus, I give you my life. Now, you and Jesus will have a lot more to talk about. There will be things you've got to figure out along the way. But if you prayed that right now, what you've done is given Jesus the naming rights to your life. So you no longer have to live under those other names. God bless you. Thank you.